0: On this episode of EdTech, we take a look back at Infocom 2019, the products and services that wowed us. AV over IP in the education space, and eSports on campus. All that and more. Next on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is, this is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV
1: Nation.
0: This is EdTech, episode 75, recorded Thursday, June 27, 2019. The wow of Infocom. Support for AV Nation is brought to you
1: by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support.
0: This is EdTech, the monthly look at the education and technology space. My name is Tim Albright, uh, in for the vacationing, I suppose. Uh, Mr. Bill O'Donnell, uh, first and foremost, who we have to talk about all things education and AV technology. His name is Ernie Bailey. He is from UAMS in the beautiful city of Little Rock, Arkansas. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing just fine this morning, Tim.
0: Awesome. Uh, Also with us is Mr. Rob Raspberry. He is from Drexel. Welcome, sir. Thank you. And
2: in the words of the absent Bill uh, tradition, should I say greetings and salutations?
0: Greetings and salutations. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, All three of us uh, were... uh, Blessed enough to go to Orlando this year. Uh, Orlando in June is beautiful. Uh, just don't wear a suit like I did. Uh, but, um, we got to, to hang around with uh, about 44,000, according to Infocom, 44,000 other uh, AV technology uh, professionals. I mean, we'll start with you on that. Your impression of the show and, and what were some of your biggest takeaways of Infocom 2019?
1: Uh, well, I did enjoy the show, uh, it was very crowded. Um, you know, good to see so many people there, chance to network bump into old friends and colleagues. Uh, I don't know that we saw a lot of new technology. You know, we, we go through periods where, you know, we're blown away by new new things coming out in our field. And I don't know that we really saw that this year. Uh, we're not at that part of our cycle, you know. Um, but... We did see a lot of enhancements to systems. Uh, what I was most impressed with is the uh, management and control software being brought out by the different, uh, our different manufacturers that we work with uh, to help us run a cleaner operation and provide support for you know our large campus, uh, provide more, uh, remote support, so we can do what needs to be done, and we often solve problems before faculty or students even know we were having a problem in the space. And we're we're getting a tighter control over that now. And the software packages, you know, from different product manufacturers are seeming to uh, start to interface better with the control management overall platforms, uh, such as. John Fusion or, you know, AMX's version. They're all talking back to the uh, head-in system, if you will, so we can have one overarching deal and then use that as a reach-in tool to get into the other products.
0: Mm, very cool. Rob, do you agree that it was more of a, a small iteration year for Infocom?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean,
2: there were things where, you know, VRAR was exploding and, and, you know, when AV over IP first came out, you know, everybody's going gaga. And really this show, which was fantastic, always is, was really more about fine-tuning and, and evolving existing products. And so Ernie's 100% right. You know, you run into people, you network, and, you know, uh, but in general, the control systems, software um seem to be making improvements on that and you know being able to control your systems over the network and and like ernie said solve problems even before the faculty even um you know realize that there's something there so yeah it's just it it, it was great um the, the things that sort of the wow factor were way out of our league as far as well wow. there's some of the displays and um I know Ernie, you saw something in particular, I think, from LG that was pretty just incredible.
1: Um yeah. But, yeah. it was the uh shaped uh curved uh display panels. They they LG will actually show up with a special tool. You design the shape display you want, uh, and they will bend the frame. Uh you know. One one time event type deal, uh to create your special effect. And, you know, uh if you do need a big wow factor and you have a major donor, I guess it, it could be something really neat. Uh there are a lot of places I would try to direct my money before it went something like that.
0: Well and that that particular hallway and let, let, let oh, let's let's talk about the, the, the aisle way, I guess, uh, of at Infocom. Let's call it display alley, right? So yes. it, didn't go to the show, imagine yourself walking through a convention, sh- uh, convention show floor and you have, I'm going to say, six or seven uh, booths in a row. good size booths as well. You've got Christy in there. You've got uh, Sony in there. You've got Samsung in there. LG obviously is one of those. That it was, it was remarkable some of the things that these folks were coming out with. Samsung obviously have it, you know, continuing to show off their AK, continuing to show off the wall which uh, is their, um, their, uh, their, o- their, their OLED um, display. I, I hesitate saying that because it's modular and you can make it bigger and smaller and stuff like that. They had uh, a solid form factor, in other words, actual displays uh, that were 8K that they were showing content on, which one of the biggest issues when it comes to moving to a new resolution, I don't care if you're moving to 1080 or twenty to 4K and now we're moving to 8K, has been the content. Uh, Samsung is showing off some, some of their uh, medical um, technology content. So for medical installations, showing off some of the truer color and, and the deeper, deeper um, uh, detail. Christie showing off um, not just some, some impressive displays, but also they're leveraging all uh, the 10 gig uh, SDVoE chip for their tear line. They were in their entire booth. All, all the video that you saw in Christie's was off of their, their, own, their own technology. Uh, which is Terra, which again, is 10 gig AV over IP. It, it was remarkable in, in, in what you could see, and, and you're right, Ernie, it, big donors, right? Lots of money, uh, but it's a wow factor. It's not something yeah. you're to put in the classroom. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a wow factor type thing. Cool.
2: Uh, yep. I was also just sort of going to slide in there as well. that There were a couple um, of the uh, uh, Avixa manager groups that had some pretty cool meetings. Uh, diversity crew, the tech managers, uh, also working on document to sort of st- to create some kind of standardization for some higher ed uh, installations and explanations of different types of AV and, and terminology. Um, that, was, that was pretty interesting uh, because you know, you mostly think of InfoCom as either a training you know, for CTS or, or those kind of certifications or the tech. And there's a, a lot of you know, different groups um, that you know, within the organization that meet to co- collaborate and change ideas. So that was uh, also pretty good. Yeah. The,
0: the, the, there's two, the two councils that, that have impressed me over the years. One is, is the, uh, the Diversity Council. And um, both Charmaine and Kevin uh, McLaughlin, uh, he's from the UK, have done a lot of work and they're, they're working to build that group up and they've done some really great events. Uh, uh, this was the biggest, the, the, the most heavily attended women of VIXA of breakfast uh, okay. that we've ever done. And, and that that says, it sounds weird because I, I believe we said the same thing last year, right? So they are obviously continuing to grow that. They're continuing to um, increase those numbers. And, and it, it's important. And it's not just all women, right? The, the, the room was filled with, with men as well. It's not... Um, it's not exclusionary, right? It, it's a, definitely a group that wants, in, wants inclusion and wants uh, help in encouraging women uh, to seek out this industry. Because it's, it's a great industry. You know, I don't care you know, who you are. It's a, it's a great industry to work in. Uh, I think that groups like that are helping to make it even more inclusive and a better place to work for all of us. Um, uh, I want to hone in on something, though, that, that Ernie said. and Talking about the software and the, the, the management part, Rob, is that something that that we're we're seeing more and more a need of? And you know, is it helping us, uh, or helping you guys as tech managers, take care of more with, with your people?
2: So when, when you're talking about instituting a, a system wide management, you know, kind of situation, I mean, having the ability to log into a dashboard or a console and basically see what's going on in all your classroom, you know, manage hours, see what devices are on off. Um, if there is a certain situation with a control panel or processor, being able to get that all in one dashboard or one display to be able to troubleshoot it as it actually happens or monitor is, is a very valuable thing. We're trying to institute, you know, uh, global viewer and I think being able to control systems, especially over IP is going to be especially available because if you have a good, you know, infrastructure and pipe, as far as that goes... Um, it helps you react to situations a little faster and get just an overall of what's happening on your system. So yeah, it becomes important because the scale of what we're doing is larger. It's not like it used to be where we had a couple specialized buildings. You send a tech over here, you send a tech over there and you got 10, 20 classrooms and you're good. It's not like that anymore at, at the size of our institutions. You're literally talking about hundreds of spaces that you have to manage.
0: Isn't that also being driven by the fact that nearly everything that that we put into classrooms now has the ability to be put on the network? Um, you know, it's not saying, I'm not saying you're doing it, but, it, but whether it's, it's a simple classroom. And again, when we were doing when I was doing classrooms, we had some of these simpler ones with which the, the biggest piece of technology in there was was a projector, right? And and there was a connectivity for a, for a, a laptop or a computer, but there was that's still a, a piece that we had to manage. And it had an energy, it had a network connection, it had a network jack that we could put on our own, uh, our, our, our uh, management software, that that increases the number of, of classrooms and spaces that you're responsible for. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on here, we're going to uh, bring up another article here. Uh, actually, this one is from our friends over at AV Network talking about uh, tips for AV distribution over long distances. Ernie, we'll start with you on this. Uh, according to the article, quote, unquote, one of the greatest challenges facing tech managers today is the need to distribute AV, signal, AV signals long distances with near zero latency from a variety of sources. First question is, um, is that a good premise to start with? Uh, are you guys faced with that?
1: Uh, yes, I think any of us are, especially if we're moving more into the network world. You know, it's, I guess, the step beyond digital where we were, uh, where we're actually not just connecting to the network, but we're actually writing our signals across the network and through network switches, getting the priority we need. Uh, You know, latency is a big issue. Uh, And making sure our signals are arriving at the right time. Uh, Audio and video both travel at the same speed. Uh, You know, uh, AutoNate showed off some some neat uh, AV over IP stuff where they're, you know, they've been doing this with audio for several years now, they're adding video to it, and they, you know, so we're gonna be seeing, I think, a, a better response there. But uh, yes, uh, I think, you know, finding a good way to reliably and consistently move our signals across the network uh, is where we're going. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we, we've run into some issues, with latency and we've also, you know, uh, the amount of bandwidth that we require for some of these systems.
0: All right, Mr. Raspberry, same kind of question. Uh, Is this something that you guys are running into and if so, how are we, what's the best solution for it?
2: Well, it's definitely going to be an issue for us as we sort of build out uh, more classrooms and deal with multiple campuses. Um, we're still, you know, HD based T, and for a lot of stuff that we're using right now, it hasn't been an issue. But the ability to sort of not be limited by the distance, and also as Ernie had talked about, you know, pretty much the bandwidth and the, the pipe and being able to continuously be able to control these devices is a big advantage. Um, I have to honestly say we're not completely there yet, but I see that in the future we're going to have to. Uh, you know, convert this over so that you know again the distance and and the instantaneous uh, control doesn't become a problem. So yeah, this
0: is this is big. When when it comes to sending video over over the network, um, you guys work with your IT departments obviously on, a, on probably a daily basis. When you start having those conversations, what's been some of the the reaction? Uh, and when it comes to you know either the, the conversation of you know, one network for everything, or keeping video on its own private network, or just the overall conversation of, you know, you're sending video over the network in general?
2: Um, I, I think that when you talk about uh, high amounts of information being um, sent over a, a, a general network, uh, IT's, I think in general their policies is we need to put it on a separate VLAN. Um, at least wh- where I am, that would be there uh, their position and that would also include, you know, putting control systems on a separate VLAN, so you keep it away from the general traffic that, you know, the, the university is using. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how things are evolving and obviously, you know, have, having to build up your infrastructure with changing certain switches are not able to handle certain things. Um, so you have to think about it, you know, on an infrastructure level. You have to make sure that everything's working, the switches, connections, all this stuff has to be properly, properly done. But uh, in our institution, they would we, would prefer and say, yeah, we need to put you on a VLAN and separate VLAN and you guys deal with it and, and we'll, 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 if there's any issues, you know, give us a call. But we do want this um, crossing over on the general traffic on the network.
0: Mm-hmm. Are any same kind of question. Are they, are they putting you on your own well, network or on your own VLAN?
1: No, we're staying, we're part of the the campus network, you know, there's just, there's a single infrastructure, Uh, they're trying to build it out as we can, Uh, my group is actually part of network engineering, which helps a little bit in communication, if nothing else, Uh, and hopefully some understanding between the two groups of what we need, what we can provide, uh, what they can provide, Uh, you know, there is, you know, well, I'd, you know, I have gaming at home, and I don't need anywhere near much, that much bandwidth. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're talking about lower resolutions than what I'm using there, lower bandwidth. Uh, you know, so why why do you need that much? Well, you realize your gaming system is one system. We're looking at putting multiple signals out of every room, and, you know, if we're going to build this out the way we would like to, every source – hits the main network so it can be routed anywhere on the campus. That's where we'd like to be, Um, you know, uh, but once again, that is a lot of bandwidth when you start talking about it and trying to prioritize what goes where. Uh, We've started uh, streaming recording uh, for special events that, you know, used to just be done through our video conference system. They would attach a recorder to the codec network bridge. And that's fair. But we start we all of our systems have dual streaming cards in them, so we send out dual stream video card video signals with uh, full bandwidth audio uh, and we can record that and you know provide it to uh our marketing department or let, and they can give it out to media groups if they want to or distribute it internally uh, but we I'm not going to put a recording device management system. In, in every classroom, we've got one at our uh, main AV help desk. We have a separate help desk for AV versus IT. And I have to remind people, we're a hospital. We're more hospital than we are school. Okay. Campus. even though our first name is university, the, ho- the hospital wins.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, on security, on uh, bandwidth, on anything else. You know, that's, that's the primary income source, and that's the primary focus of the campus. Uh, our, all of our schools are health science related. We don't have uh, any undergrad uh, general programs. They're all medicine, pharmacy, nursing, uh, health professions, public health, or gra- a graduate school for biomedical sciences. Uh, so everything is medically or hospital related, our research and everything. So that wins on the bandwidth. But when they require additional bandwidth, there's there's more for us, too, because they're not needing it all the time. They're not needing all of it across the entire campus. So we're working to move things across better and communicate our our signals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, guys. uh, Last story here actually comes to us from our buddy uh, Scott Tyner. Uh, He writes in Rave Pubs about eSports in academic. Uh, or in the, in the academy. Uh, I want to point a couple things out. Uh, first of all, according to, to Scott in his article, uh, according to Wikipedia, the 2017 League of Legends, which is a video game uh, for those of you who don't know, League of Legends annual violence tournament had 60 million viewers. Compare that with 28.2 million who watched the World Series the same year. 28 million people watch the World Series, 60 million, which is bigger, in case you know, you, your math is wrong, uh, bigger than than the 28 million. Uh, video games are no longer just for kids. I, you know, I'm 40 some odd years old and I still play them from time to time. Um, one of the biggest uh, things in the one of the biggest video games in the world right now is, is Fortnite, but Fortnite is not the only one, right? You have stuff like League of Legends, you have, uh, Overwatch. You have other ones. You have an entire channel called Twitch which folks can stream and they, there are people who, who play video games full-time as their job, right? Um, and so about two years ago, was the first time I, I heard uh, of, a, of an integrator putting in an esports gym, for lack of a better term, or or training facility. Uh, so wow. buddies over at, uh, at New Era Technology, uh, John Green and, and his team and um, they actually used a a, a a video wall and put together a pretty slick uh system that allowed the students who had uh scholarships for eSports to come in and practice video games. So Rob, to start with you on this. Ernie, <laughs> you're gonna be a disadvantage here because you just said you're a medical facility and unless they're playing in their dorms, this is <laughs> this has nothing to do with right. Right. But it's still a good a good conversation to have when it comes to how do you number one, Rob, uh, get yourself as a technology manager ramped up on what you need to know because when your president or your chancellor comes and says, you know what, Rob, I think we want to do this whole this whole video game Atari thing. Um, how do you get ramped up and how do you get the knowledge base to make good solid decisions, whether that you're designing it or you're bringing somebody else in to really uh, kind of capitalize on this movement?
2: Um, so, I mean, the first thing we have to understand is that video gaming is a culture, it's a subculture within it. Yeah, And it just sort of naturally progressed. We all played video games uh, at some point when we were kids into young adults, and it is becoming pretty much the main pastime for any student. And it sort of just makes sense that if you're trying to attract students to a campus or give a little on for a little while, adding something like this makes perfect sense because you know that there's going to be some type of financial backing for it. It's so popular. It adds, you know, to the university culture, everything that it just, it just really makes sense. And as far as understanding what uh, is needed to set it up properly, um, gosh, I guess you have to go to a whole bunch of different researchers. I know Scott had visited one of the other universities and took a look at it. And, and to see this thing. But also, I mean, there's a ton of these uh, regular video game tournaments out there. And I suppose going out and checking some of those out to see how those are set up would be fine. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a little hard for me to completely say how to prepare for it because basically you have high processing machines, great graphics, wonderful displays, um, and, you know, finding the right space to, to put that in. But, I mean, I guess you sort of have to treat it Almost like a, a mini arena. I mean, you know, your, your sports teams play in, on basketball courts or, you know, in, in uh, tennis or, 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 you know, football, basketball, whatever. And I guess you have to sort of take a look at this and maybe, you know, first thing I, I guess I would probably do is sort of reach out to the students and say, hey, if we do this, how would you set up a space to adequately provide the needs that you have to be competitive in this area? And um, and then reach out to some of the integrators or someone that has some experience with us to see what they say. But I mean, face sixty million viewers. I mean, it, it's it's I, I hate to say it's not quite a no brainer, but it is. I mean, it's just so much a part of almost every student's culture. It's funny when I interview students for positions that we have. We ask them what you know. What do you like to do? Video games. Video games. Video. Video games. It, it's it's everywhere. It's just ingrained in there. So I guess you just have to come up with, it's like a Uber man cave, I guess, so to speak. Video man cave is, you know, to the max on steroids, I guess is the best way to describe it. I uh, don't know what else to say.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, making sure that you have some sort of outfit like that. Um, yeah. You, know, it, it, and you mentioned that the arenas, there are several around the country that uh, either are uh, brought in, you know, systems are brought in for, uh, for tournaments to be played live and folks, attend these as 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 sporting events um the best the best explanation of that I, I i ever heard was um it was actually a cartoon and it was it, the panels were basically uh, a dad asking his son why he was watching you know somebody else play a video game and he said the same reason you watch baseball and if you think about that for about two seconds he's not wrong Uh, it's a game you know just like baseball or football granted it's not there's no physical uh, you know large physical activity but there are skills involved in in these video games and as someone who if you're a kid who plays it watching someone who's better than you is the equivalent of watching somebody who's better than you uh, play football or baseball or in my term hockey um, you know that you know it's it's still enjoyable and you get to see them and, and and you know root them on So.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are people who create Twitch and, and YouTube channels that have thousands and ten thousands and hundred thousands of viewers, and basically they're recording other players playing these various games. And so people want to watch that, see the skills, see, you know, get little tips and tricks how to, you know, uh, get through a game. And the other thing is is now that a lot of these games are so team-based, which makes it critical. Cool. You know, there's teams, you know, your team versus another team. It's not just – necessarily you versus individually someone else in a lot of cases like this and you know when you have universities that have this essentially as technically a varsity sport you know there's something going on there that you have to be aware of and and start to think about um i know we have some type of um sports club at that it's not a full-blown you know uh varsity sports kind of thing but this is something that we're taking a look at and, and trying to figure out how we can best prepare for this because as it grows, we, you know, Drexel may get a team. We, just, we
1: don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy, which, which you know. Uh, once- Tim,
1: yeah.
2: yes,
0: sir.
1: As, as you mentioned, you know, that doesn't really fit into my environment, but in a way it very easily could, and I could see it happening here, because the same skill set you see in the virtual reality and in the different game sets are being mimicked in the medical world. And how you deal with your computers and, you know, letting the the technology work and manipulating it, uh, I I think is very similar. You know, uh, we've always seen uh, a lot of musicians in the medical field. The dexterity you have to have with your your fingers for playing a musical instrument translates very easily into medicine. I think the same thing can happen uh, with the gaming and, as Rob mentioned, the teamwork. We're seeing... uh, a big trend towards uh, team-based medicine where the doctors and the pharmacists and the nurses and the nutritionists and the therapists all work together as a team to treat a patient. Not, and there's not, it's not necessarily the doctor's the boss anymore. It's You're all there to provide your specific care and you work together to meet the patient's need. That teamwork can be taught through some of this gaming and I can really see some of this coming into some of our new educational programs. And uh, you know, and also we talked about the level of technology. We're putting in a uh, special center for our radiology department where everything is 4K 444. I had a hard time buying the card I needed, output card for the computer, because it's the same one that everyone has at home for their gaming device. It's a very high end card. It's not really expensive, but it's very high end, and justifying that through our IT procurement office, you know, was a little bit of a challenge at first.
0: They thought you were going to take it home and play World of Warcraft or anything.
1: Exactly. That that they said, are they? You know, or is this for students to play games in the classroom? I said, no. This is for doctors to present. Everything else in the room is at this level. You know, every projector. Well, excuse me, aren't projectors the displays? All the uh, infrastructure is designed around 4K, 444. 4, 4. I've got to have it there. Yeah. Uh, and, it you know, we can't have our main source not at that same resolution. Yeah.
0: That's a really great point, though, about, about the doctors and the team-based and, and the dexterity. That's a really great point about incorporating that and kind of, you know, making sure that, that the student, your students, the medical students are, are still maintaining some of that stuff. So, All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it uh, for us for this month. Uh, Mr. Rob Raspberry, how do people find you or Drexel?
2: Uh, LinkedIn, Rob Raspberry right there,
1: Drexel.edu. Um, in the IT department.
0: All right, very good. And Mr. Bailey, thank you, sir, as always. How do people get a hold of you?
1: Uh, once again, LinkedIn, just like Rob. That's the best way to find me most of the time.
0: All right, very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't go follow me on the Twitters. uh go by the website, if you would, please. Aviation.tv. That's Aviation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. While you're there, please check out our supporters section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you EdTech and AV Week and Resi Week and coverage of Infocom, all that and more. All that at .tv, Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for EdTech.